1: All of us are born with propensities, guys. That's why alcohol gets some of you and not others. We are all flawed creatures. We've been tainted, all of us. And until you come to the knowledge of understanding and admit that, you'll never cry out for help. And you'll never understand that God loves you so much in spite of all your flaws. He sent his son to take all your sins on the cross so that you can be saved, not by your own merits, but by grace through faith
0: Today, today, today with Jeff Vines. Hello and welcome to Today with Jeff Vines. Pastor Jeff wants to ask in this message, what do your idols look like? Do you know what idols have hooked you? Pastor Jeff is unpacking Paul's letter to the Romans and what it says about crushing our idols. He's reading from Romans 1, verse 18. And in this episode, we're starting at verse 21. We're partway through this message. If you missed the first part, you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Here's Pastor Jeff as he continues through Romans 1, verse 21.
1: Now, there's something else in the passage equally true, equally impactful. Verse 21. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became foolish and exchanged the glory of immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being in birds and animals and reptiles. Now, listen closely. This might help you understand a little bit about you, about us. The Bible says if you worship an idol long enough, you become a thing. Okay. Now let's go back. What's an idol? Hey, come on, man. Is sex a bad thing? No way. No way. In the context of marriage, it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. Just ask me. Okay. Money, a bad thing? No way. Success, a bad thing? No way. Determination, go out, change the world. No way. That's a good thing. It's when they become your God's It's when they become your idols and you serve them and you'll do whatever it takes to get them. Primary of which is ignoring God and his movement in your life. If you do that, the Bible says you will become like a stone. Your heart will become numb. You'll become immovable because you'll become like the idol. You'll become hard and blind and powerless as the idol. Psalm 135 says idols are made of silver and gold and those who pursue them will be like them and so will those who trust them. Paul says in verse 25 of Romans 1, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. So rather than serving, pursuing God, which will give you the greatest experiences of your life, you pursue something that God created, the created rather than the creator. That's a, do you see the battle for your life every day? If you're not careful, this pursuit that you have of whatever it is that you're pursuing will make you into a beast. You'll be automated. It'll drive you. It'll drive you so much that you'll feel like you can't do anything but to keep driving after it. All idols are just spiritual addiction and all addicts are in denial, right? I have no idols. Or somebody will say, yeah, that's pretty important to me. You have no idea how important that really is to you because you don't want to see it. You've got a heart of stone. Alcoholics will tell you, I can control it. Truth is, it's controlling you. Until you come to that conclusion, you won't get help. Until you get help, you won't experience healing. Until you recognize what the idols are of your life and start to kill them, you're never gonna live the abundant life. Nope, now this line never changes. Saved by grace through faith. You're on your way to heaven, praise God. But are you gonna crawl in? Are you gonna run in? I want to tell you a story just quickly. What's really interesting is this word for, because here's, the, here's what happens. If you, if you chase the idols long enough, remember I said everything God does, he does out of love. Now, isn't it interesting in the first part of the passage, we read the wrath of God is coming now. Well, how is God's wrath being shown now? When he loves you and you go through roadblock after roadblock after roadblock, he gives you over to it and lets it destroy you so that you'll come to the end of yourself. The interesting word is epithumia, translated desire. It's the word from which we get our word epicenter. So if you pursue something long enough, God will hand you over. The conviction will stop, the guilt will stop, and he lets you just have it in order that you might see how futile it really is quick story. I got to be careful here. Okay. So give a little grace to your pastor. (laughs) I know a woman, the most important thing in her life was to have a good family, that her family would appear to be strong, healthy, solid family. That was the pride of her life. When she was younger, she made a decision to marry a man. And her father, who loved her very much, took her aside and said, if you marry this man, your life is not gonna turn out the way you want it. Well, that ignited something in her because now she set about to prove to her father he was wrong. She marries this man. It's a disaster. And she knows within two years it's a disaster, but she has to keep the appearances up that her family is solid and good and intact. She's addicted to the appearance of the family, which means she becomes an enabler now because she doesn't want to admit how off base her kids are, especially her two sons who are suffering from the consequences of an absent narcissistic father. So these two boys, now listen, stay with me. These two boys grow up desperately wanting the love of the father that they never get. They stay together because she wants to give the appearance of a healthy family. Even though two years into the marriage, the marriage is over. She's mad at God because she feels like God has not given her what she always wanted. Her idol, the perfect family. She starts to walk away. The two sons, what they need more than anything else is the love of their father, they don't get it. So as they get a little older, they turn elsewhere. All they want is the love of a man, an older man. So two older men see this, who have also been wounded by their fathers. No, I'm not saying this is always the case. I just want you to hear me on this story, okay? They're desperate. These two older men pay attention to these two younger men. These younger men are looking for someone to offer them security and hope and acceptance. The two older men give it to them. It's not about the sex. It's about acceptance and love, appreciation. So both young men enter into a gay relationship. They desperately want love from an older man. The mother walks away because God's let her down and the dominoes start falling. Remember the Bible says the sins of one generation visited on the next? That doesn't mean that God's out to get you. It just simply means once you make a bad decision in a family, it goes on and on. Please follow me here. Please listen. Don't shut me out. Just for a second, listen. Do you understand that the Bible tells us there's a God who loves us so much that he's willing to even hand us over to our idols so that we can come to the end, the futility, in hopes that we'd turn back to him. See, if love becomes your idol, you'll do whatever you can to get it. If sex becomes your idol, you'll do whatever you can to get it. Money, you'll do whatever you can to get it. Even violate principles that you know, remember what we said in the beginning? You know right and wrong, but if you deny it long enough, darkness sets in, God gives you over to it in hopes the futility will bring salvation. Now, folks, I don't talk about this often, but we're in Romans one. And if I don't talk about it here, you're gonna think that I'm avoiding it and I'm not. Because the Bible then tells us in verse 26, because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relationships for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty of their error. <sighs> now, what is the due penalty of their error? Man, it ticked me off when people said back in the 80s, well, gay people got AIDS, God gave them AIDS. No, no. The due penalty of their error is frustration that their idols aren't fulfilling what they think it's gonna fill. It's a it's it's cause and effect, which means you and I should look at people who are different from us with love. (laughs) I mean, think about it. Not with, hey, I'm better than you. We're gonna talk about that next week. Hey, I'm more, I am better than you, it? No, no, it's like this, man, I'm with you, brother, sister, because I got my own idols that I've turned to and they're futile too. So I look at you with compassion. The LGBTQ and so forth community, one of their main slogans is love is love. Love is love. And basically what they're saying is the Bible is all about loving each other. So what's the problem? Here's the problem. Sex and love are not the same thing. If sex and love were the same thing, then rape would be love. Underage sex would be love. Bestiality would be love. Prostitution would be love. Sex and love are not the same thing. Recently, Pete Buttigieg said this. He said, the thing that I wish the Mike Pence's of the world would understand, that if you have a problem with who I am, your problem is not with me. Your problem, sir, is with my creator. Now, do you hear what he's saying? He's saying, God made me like this. Can I say something to you? God made me to want to sleep with as many women as I can. Does that mean that I do? It goes back to, you know, there's a God and you know, there's a moral law, but if you go against it long enough, God hands you over to your depravity. And I'm trying to tell you that the reason Paul in Romans one brings in this sexuality, this sexual immorality, and by the way, be careful, be careful, I guarantee there's a, this is gonna be harsh to hear, but I guarantee there's a lot more people in this church sleeping with people they're not married to than people involved in gay and lesbian lifestyle. And all are sexual immorality. And Paul tells us that you know when a culture has been handed over by God, it denies God's existence, it denies good and evil, it has idols, it justifies those idols, and then the whole crowd is just sexually immoral. All of us are born with propensities, guys. That's why alcohol gets some of you and not others. Gambling gets some of you and not others. Sexual addiction gets some of you and not. We are all flawed creatures. That's the story of the book of Genesis. We've been tainted, all of us. And until you come to the knowledge of understanding and admit that, you'll never cry out for help. And you'll never understand that God loves you so much in spite of all your flaws, in spite of all of them and all your addictions. He sent his son to take all your sins on the cross so that you can be saved, not by your own merits, but by grace through faith. Sometimes the best thing God can do is hand you over to your idols. Because let me tell you something, God doesn't want to give you the desires of your heart. God wants to give you the desires of his heart because he knows those are the ones that will fill you. (laughs) This line never changes. But the quality of life you live and the joy and the peace has to do with your response to what you know to be true. There is a God, there is good and evil. And God wants to give you the desires of his heart, wants them to become the desires of your heart. (sighs) Folks, it's not rocket science. And I've noticed this in 35 years of ministry in my own life, when I am serving something above and beyond God, God does one of two things in my life. He either gives it completely to me to show its futility or he strips everything away so that I will be utterly, hopelessly dependent on him. But it all begins with our idols. All right, let's end this. How can we we break through? Therefore, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than God. And notice that little parenthetical phrase, who is forever praised. Where did that come from? Here's how you have your breakthrough. Number one, or just two, you don't even have to go three, just two, don't waste your sorrows. Do you know what your sorrows are? God's attempt to get your attention. You've lost something you think you can't live without. God uses those sorrows in hopes that you will turn to Him. Because God loves you and wants to rescue, he hands you over to the depravity of your idols. You know, Oscar Wilde, who lived the debaucherous life, said this, when the gods wanna punish us, they answer our prayers. <laughs> he gives you what you want that you might see its futility. The Greek word give over or hand over, do you know it's a word that means surrender to your enemy? So whatever the uber desires of your heart, Whatever they are, other than God, that's your real enemy because it's telling you that it's going to bring you life. In reality, it's going to bring you death. Make good use of your sorrow. Have you fought bankruptcy? Then see the futility of money. If you place your entire hope in money, what if you lose it all? Is that a bad thing? What happens when a whole generation of Americans engage in what is called free sex in the 60s and 70s? And now they've been interviewed 40 years later. And they were asked, has it quietened the anger and frustration in your life or amplified it? Amplified it. In fact, let me read to you something that Dr. Deidre Lee Fitzgerald wrote from Connecticut State University. She's not a Christ follower. Nope. She's just making a statement. And she says this, Promiscuity is not good for the mind, body, or soul. It places you at higher risk for sexually transmitted diseases like HIV, AIDS, and other threatening conditions like prostate cancer, cervical cancer, and oral cancer. It is one example of high-risk behaviors comparable to heavy drinking, gambling, and other thrill-seeking behaviors. People who participate in sexual promiscuity often feel that by doing so, they can avoid dealing with other challenging emotional issues. You hear that? You hear that? You've got a God now. You're turning to the God of sex to try to save you from your emotional bankruptcy. Unfortunately, this type of behavior leads to problems with self-concept, ineffective relationships, and even depression. Wow. Maybe the Bible's right. When you violate design, it doesn't bring life, it brings death. Make good use of your troubles. When your life is falling apart, you have to ask, is God exposing my idols? What have I replaced God with? What am I really after? Perhaps in the midst of that, seek first the kingdom of God, Basilia. Basilia was the word for kingdom, the way of life consistent with design. That's what it means. And all these things will be added into you. Do you see again? Sex is good. Money is good. Pursuit of happiness. All those things are good put in their rightful place. But when they become your God, they destroy. But when you discover the love of God, And he is your utmost. And your greatest passion and desire is to experience God. All these other things are that much more enjoyable because they're put in their rightful place. I wish I could talk to the two boys from the story. I would tell them, you know, God loves you more than you could know. I love you more than you think. And I don't hate you. And the church does not hate you. Every single one of the persons in this church that I serve has idols they're trying to defeat. So do you. And there is someone that can love you like no other. I know what you'd say. You'd say, Jeff, that's not gonna do any good. And you're correct. It will not do any good until it does. Until they've come to the end of themselves. And only God can bring them there. And that's the prayer we should be praying for each other not just for my two friends. We should be praying the prayer for each other. God help us see the frustration of our idols so that we would seek you above and beyond everything else. Because didn't we just talk about the fact that the thing that you want most, do you know what, if you've never had an experience of God, do you know what that's like to be in a worship service and the spirit of God just overwhelm you? And your neighbor may not even know it. See, the problem with you is you always think it's outwardly demonstrative. So if the spirit of God came over me, I got to do something crazy. No, sometimes, oftentimes the spirit of God just overwhelms you right in your bubble, right where you are and you sense his presence and he speaks a word to you and you would like to stay on that mountaintop forever. If you want a move of God in your life, Take advantage of your sorrows. And then finally, and I gotta be quick, learn to do what the angels do, endless praise. The only way to get your heart to worship the right thing is to endlessly worship God. Hey, let me read something to you. First Peter one, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, when they spoke of the things they have now been told by you or told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Do you know the word translated long is epithymia? Do you know the angels lust? Do you know what they lust for? The story of the gospel. Have you ever heard a little boy say, read that story again, tell me that story. Come on, grandpa, tell me that story again. The angels, tell us the gospel story. Tell us that story. If you ever hope to experience God and get out of this mundane thing that you're in, endless praise. The only way you can kill the idols of your life is endless praise, where every day of your life, now that doesn't mean that you're on your knees praying eight hours a day, because then I think Jesus would say, what you doing down there? Get up. Man, go out into the world, make make a difference, man. What are you doing? But every day, as we walk through our lives, there should be this endless thanksgiving. Jesus, I know there are other idols trying to get me, but I know what I really want is you. Man, think about it, think about it, think about it. Think about it, it, Chris, think about this. Think everybody in the church throughout the whole week before they come in here on the weekend, all they've been doing is talking to Jesus. And then when you come in here, guess what happens? You meet him, you meet him. Guys, I'm getting old. I can't do this anymore. I can't just talk to you and go through the motions. I can't. It's time to experience God. It's time for you and me to kill our idols. And the Bible says, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. When your greatest pursuit, you're never going to be perfect, But when your greatest pursuit in your life is truly to experience God, he will show up and you'll know it. You'll feel it. Father, thank you for your love for us. We are so grateful for the way that you speak to us, how patient you are with us and how how grace-filled the message of the gospel is. Father, if I've said anything today, that is not consistent with your word or will, I pray that it would fall like seed on the path that would be just trampled on and destroyed. But anything that I've said that is consistent with the heart of God and the truth of Scripture, that it would go deep down into our souls. Father, we've mentioned today the gay community, but we know there are many more idols than just sex and love mistakenly given in the context of pursuing something that would make us feel love and acceptance. Some of us turn to alcohol for the same thing. Some of us turn to approval, where we manipulate our circumstances to make people think we're better than we are. Some of us turn to the amount of money we make or the cars we drive, we all have them. Help us to kill them so that we may seek you above and beyond. And Father, I pray as the pastor of one and all church, or one of them, I pray, bring revival. We want to see you, and feel you, and experience you like we never had before. In Christ's name, everybody said.
0: Amen. You've been listening to Today with Jeff Vines. Next time, we'll bring you a new message from Pastor Jeff. You can listen to more messages like this just search for Today with Jeff Vines wherever you get your podcasts. You make me. Wonder.